This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. You know, we talked about it in between. Is it? You know, we've got we've got some skill. Um, skilled guys try to make some plays that uh, you know that maybe are easily um, you know seen on videotape or on the camera. But uh, in real real time, you know they uh, they they see it and and they try it. And you know you've got to give uh, you got to give some free reign there sometimes. Well, that was. That was a great hockey soundbite right there. Dean Evison. For Evison, that actually is pretty damn good. Canadian accent? Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. Talking about a good Canadian accent there. He, uh, hey, Red Boys? Hey. He was referencing uh, Dalla Dalla Bill Kirill there. Just a question about if, if Dalla Dalla Bill Kirill is forcing things. Um, Wild lose their first game last night. We'll probably touch on that. We, we definitely have a million things to get to on the show today, including another creep in baseball, a Twins Tuesday, not related, by the way. I don't think anyways. God, I hope and, uh, oh, that was closely associated <laughs> right there. We'll talk about creeps in baseball and the Twins. And the Twins. And the twins. Yep. And uh, Dex Reviews, another, another quarterback that he watched the film on. Let's first talk about Federated. Federated Mutual Insurance Company recently launched MyShield, the online client destination for risk management resources. As a business owner... How helpful would it be for you to have employee training at your fingertips? Industry resources that can help your business reach another level of success. Think about the things that are uh, that are risk involved at your company. Like, do your employees drive company vehicles, for instance? Do you have a driving policy in place? How would an accident caused by one of your drivers affect you, your employees, your community, and your business? My Shield is thinking about these things and helping you with resources. You can find out more at federatedinsurance.com where you can click on the MyShield link or download the app. You can also find contact information for your Federated marketing representative at well. Remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. All right. We were just talking before we turned the mics on here. You guys saw this in-depth story. This all escalated very quickly, by the way. This story dropped at like 10 o'clock last night about new New York Mets general manager, Jared Porter, who, by the way, is from Minnesota. He spent his first 15 years growing up in YZ. And I am ashamed to have to claim him as one of us after this story came out last night. I did not know that. Yep. Yep. First 15 years in YZ. In fact, I think he went to, Jugi was tweeting last night that he went to grade school with Blake Barrett, who's the agent for Adam Thielen, oh, yeah. who's also a Minnesota guy. Sure. But you guys, did you read this whole story? Yeah, I read it this morning. Yeah. And the, yeah. Met, the Mets yeah. fired him, but Another. I'm just going to read a couple excerpts here. And we don't normally, like, we would normally just be all in on Wild and Wolves played last night, but 
this this story piqued our interest, so we're going to touch on it for a minute here. So Mets general manager Jared Porter, who, by the way, was hired on December 13th. So he's been the GM of the Mets for like five weeks, including a two-week holiday stretch where they didn't do anything. He sent explicit, unsolicited texts and images to a female reporter in 2016 when he was working for the Cubs, culminating with a picture of, I mean, it's in the story, I'm just going to say it, an erect, naked, you know what, according to a copy of the text history obtained by ESPN. And the the story goes into detail about how he essentially used his position as a baseball power broker, high-level executive, and she was from, I believe, a different, I was going to say a Latin American country. I don't know if she was, I, I'd have to go comb through here, but she's from a different country, yeah. and English is not her first language. She's also, it sounds like, young and was trying to get into the business. I'm guessing she's also not the only woman that has a story like this. And the story didn't get out until now because she wanted to protect her career because she felt afraid of of, of coming out and, you know, going up against the white man baseball executive. So um, I'm going to read you a couple just like excerpts. Forget about the pictures for a second, okay? I hate men who think they can communicate with women like this. So Porter sent 62 unanswered text messages, including seven photos between July 19th and August 10th, the day before a final flurry from Los Angeles that included the nude photo. His first unanswered text on July 19th said he was not married. He followed up, which picture do you like the most? Want to see more? Question mark. Wait, another question mark. About five hours later. Hello, beautiful. About 90 minutes after that. Is it too much for you? About two hours later. Where did you go? And then three hours later at two in the morning. I'm bored. And then sends another picture. I'm... Am I annoying you? Frown face, frown face. Like, I woke up and saw that they fired him, and I'm so happy. But I'm also just so infuriated that, like, men are represented by sleazebags like this and that he's from Minnesota. So, all right. (laughs) Sorry. What do you guys think? Uh, I think that, one, the entire story is odd to me based on on this. The text exchange, Phil, that you just read is very much like there was a relationship in play here, which there was not. And that's... From that standpoint, what I don't get about that part, um, unfortunately, n- no matter how you or we feel about this, the reality is that this is far too rampant in sports. That's that's the sad thing. It, it's for the most part in it, too many leagues and too many cases, an old boys club uh, in which white guys like us so like we're guilty too at least if nothing else by association protect each other and where people are afraid to speak up because they know that if they speak up there's a fighting chance that that they in turn will be ruined not helped which is in which is a shame and which makes us all mad but there's nothing about this story unfortunately that surprises me I mean, think about the amount of times now, and it seems like each time it comes up, we're outraged about it, but think about the amount of times that we have talked about stories almost identical to this. Back to Favre and Sturger, right? And, and, you know, as a player, we all love Favre, but if you just look at the amount of times that we have discussed stories 
that are, if nothing else, very close to this exact story, which is about weird, sleazy people, entitlement, and and the real shame here is it's also about a very large group of people who are afraid to speak up because, and I mean, think about this. They're afraid to speak up, probably rightfully so, because they know that if they speak up, there is a 60% chance or higher probably that it'll come back on them. Dude, like, like she was afraid to do this. I, I believe that the reporting on the story said that ESPN's had this since like 2017, but she wouldn't go on the record yeah. because she was afraid. Yeah, think about that for a second. So, here's the other thing too. This is the crazy. This is, I mean, I was gonna say this is the crazy thing. This is the not surprising thing. So this, there's no way that this dude is is just like a saint to everyone else around him, and he's got this dark, creepy side that no one else sees. Right? That like only this woman saw this dark, creepy side of him. You know, people knew. You know that his coworkers probably knew. You know that he's got people in his life, and other women, too, probably have experienced this, and it's up to them if they want to go public with it. Right. And who am I, a, a white male with privilege, to say, <laughs> well, why didn't you come out and say something in 2017? I don't know, because they didn't want their career to get blown up. Exactly. Right? So I'm not I'm not going to put myself in their shoes. But like th- th- this, this, this dude rose the ranks over the course of three or four years probably behaving like this a lot behind the scenes. This wasn't just like, oh, I got drunk and sent a, a message. Right. This is like, to continue the story it's here. It's stalking, basically. The pattern of unsolicited messages without response continued for weeks as the two separately crisscrossed the country, watching baseball in different venues, with Porter sending photos from hotels. The day after the woman stopped returning his text, Porter wrote, mad at me? Later that day, he sent three more pictures. The first was of a World Series ring he had worn during his 12 years with the Red Sox. Think about that like, oh, this is going to get her. I'm going to send a World Series ring. This is great. Porter sent seven more text messages that day, including one that said the Cubs had made a trade and another that said, you're hard to get. Think about that. At 2.44 a.m. the next day, Porter texted, I want to see you. None of these are being responded to. Right. Seven hours later, he wrote, do you want to see me? Three hours later, he said, I'm sorry. At 10.59 p.m., he said, I thought we could have some fun. I mean, like, dude, this dude needs psychological help, and he was the general manager of the Mets, and no one checked him. And by the way, I I just did a peek on, like, the initial story that came out, um, and also Steve Cohen, the new, Steve Cohen, right? He's the new owner of the Mets. And and he sent out a tweet this morning firing him. I was just curious, like, what are people responding? What are Mets fans saying about this? And a ridiculously large percentage of people are taking some stance along the lines of, well, this happened four years ago with another organization. Why do the Mets have to fire him? He already, I mean, and rather he has acknowledged that this is true. Mm-hmm. He hasn't acknowledged all the details. He's acknowledged this is true yep. with one, with one like, well, I mean, in my defense, that wasn't actually a photo of me. It was a stock photo of of a, someone object. else's crotch. Yeah, yeah. The, the crotch pick from stockcrotch.com or, or whatever the website is. And literally, like, pe- people are saying... Well, I mean, this happened four years ago. Uh, you know, he was part of a different organization. This is cancel culture. It's not cancel culture. It's accountability, accountability. culture. So the, the the reason why you, you hold someone's feet to the fire from four years ago is because this dude has walked around like a predatory jackass for four years, probably more, and no one has checked him ever, ever. Like, that's why you check him. And I don't care that he got canceled. This dude is a jackass. And he's from Minnesota, which pisses me off even more. 
All right, now I'm worked up. So the Mets have a uh, – so here, here's what I don't get. At least in football, teams employ former FBI agents to run background checks, okay? Like to vet people. And I'm not t- talking about Googling their names. I'm talking about actually doing inside work and talking to people that they knew. And if you are going to hire uh, um, a president of baseball operations or a GM manager, okay, and you don't do very expensive due diligence into that person's background, that's a you problem. This is your job. Your job, if you own the Mets, is to know everything about this guy, including you know, when when he took his first crap, basically. Like, you need to know everything. Oh, I'm sure he took a picture and sent it to some unsuspecting... Uh, that wasn't his crap. That was, that was stock, <laughs> stock crap. Stock crap. Stock, stock crap. crap. That's right. Important. Yeah. But, but for the Mets to not know something that ESPN learned in 2017 is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the other thing, Phil, in the list of his uh, text to this person that you went through that boggles my mind, think about this one. He tries to use a Cubs trade as leverage. He said he basically at one point in time includes, because I'm sure he thought that she would respond to this, we made a, or the Cubs made a trade. Basically insinuating, if you get back to me, I'll tell you what the truth. Like think about think about that for a second. He's using the a a trade, which by the way is justification to fire him from any job immediately. Because what's wrong with you? So yeah, it's it's. We need to stop using the term cancel culture. It's not real. It's not real. It's a term that bullies have decided is a great term so that they can continue to bully. Yeah. It's accountability culture. Accountability. That's fine. Yes, that's the right term. And you know what? You know what? Part of accountability culture is learning, getting better, going down a few rungs, and having to earn your way back sure. so that you don't get canceled long term. You know, it's kind of up to you, but you don't you don't deserve to just like, oh, I'm sorry. No, dude. Well, and that's not how this works. Three years back. I, I did that three years back. So, I mean, this and, statue of limitations. Yeah. And, and you were going to be the GM of the Mets. Like you were going to be one of the key faces of the franchise. And people just think that it's oh, that's fine. Anyway. So, in potent- unfortunately, you know what? This story, we, we will get a. A nearly identical story, probably in two years, and in potentially the most uncomfortable transition in Mackie and Judd history. Let's have Twins Tuesday discussions here. We're gonna win, Twins. We're gonna score. We're gonna win, Twins. What's that baseball score? We're gonna stand (laughs) pat all winter long. Nothing's going to happen. What could go wrong? Well, we set up we set up Twins Tuesday a couple months back, thinking, all right, this is right. Twins just went to the playoffs and got beat again, eighteen straight losses. But let's let's uh, let's have some discussions about offseason maneuvering and how they can get this thing, you know, to the next level. Like let's let's have our (laughs) Twins Tuesday discussions. Literally, nothing has happened, and we're sitting here almost to the end of January. Nothing has happened. Just, Just 10 minutes of crickets. Here's Twins Tuesday. <laughs> chirp, chirp, chirp. We actually should do that next week. I mean, what? Just give people 10 minutes they, of crickets. They, we'll just, yeah, we'll loop a cricket sound. I like it. They've signed, what, Hanson Robles? 
Hey, oh, look uh, out, world. It's, it's Hansel. Okay. Hansel, I don't Hansel. care. Hansel. Get, yeah, 10 plus right. ERA last year, and that's. Yeah. <laughs> it's a short, it's a short, small sample size. <laughs> so Declan found this story, too, on The Athletic. Jim Bowden, former Major League General Manager and, uh, and current insider for The Athletic. So he handed out off-season grades to this point, and he gave the Twins an F, rightfully so. And his write-up said, the Twins have had an ugly off-season so far, saying goodbye to reliever Trevor May, who left the Mets, non-tendering Rosario, and not yet being able to persuade Nelson Cruz to return. They did make one move, landing reliever Hansel Robles, who's coming off a 10.26 ERA season in 18 appearances with the Angels. The best part of the off-season for the Twins is opening up a spot for one of the game's hitting prospects in <laughs> outfielder Alex Kirov. So let's recap the Twins' offseason so far. Okay. And I get that the offseason okay, is ahead. <laughs> It's not over. It's not over yet. We're still in January. I think it was around this time that they, maybe even later that they signed Josh Donaldson last year. I so think it was a year ago last week. Okay. So it's you can make signings in January. Oh, it happens. Sure. So the Twins so far have sure. lost their best hitter to free agency in Nelson Cruz. And by the way, like they might say, well, we're, we're still in contact. At this point, he's not your player anymore. He is a free agent, and multiple teams are kicking the tires on him, including... According to, I can't remember who, I'm I'm bad at giving credit today. Um, somebody reported that, might have been Doogie, that Nelson Cruz has a couple big time, like really good national teams after him too. I would assume like yeah, the, the Dodgers. Pa- the Padres at one point in time. Yeah. So if, if they get a DH. Yep. So they lost their best hitter to free agency. Yep. They non-tendered one of their best hitters over the last five years in Eddie Rosario. So they get nothing for him. They also lost one of their best starting pitchers to free agency in Jake Odorizzi. And they've lost about half of a really good bullpen in Trevor May, Sergio Romo, Tyler Clippard, and they DFA Matt Whistler. And they've added Hansel Robles. Hansel Robles. That's where we're at Aren't here. Aren't you excited about And the White Sox Hansel have Robles. throttled down, adding two big-time pitchers. But again, it, it comes back to, yes, the, the Twins deserve uh, to be dumped on, but other than the Padres, the White Sox, and the Mets, no one's done a thing. Like, this has been the... I have never been less excited about baseball. Like, oh, here comes here comes the spring, right? Here comes baseball. I've never been less excited about baseball than I am right now. Yeah. So you know what? Because they aren't doing anything, we're not going to give them the ordinary 10 to 15 minutes of Twins Tuesday. Like we would. We're going to win Twins. We're going to score. We're going to win Twins. What's that baseball score? Watch our players leave. Yeah. Instead, we're going to talk to our friend, Jay Williams from ESPN, ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, up, Jay boy? Will, and Zubin. Hey, Jay. What's going on, Jay? Hey, I'm hanging in there. Sorry about your twins. I mean, we can look forward to the nice weather. It will be good to be outside, you know, somewhat outside, I guess, with masks, whatever you have to do to get outside for separation, I guess. It's true. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. It'll Try be to find nice. some positive in the whole thing. Yes. You found, you, found, you found a ray <laughs> of sunshine, literally, Jay Williams. <laughs> We're trying to get there. I mean, I, I think we need some positivity. I feel like every time I'm on NBA League Pass and I watch your Timberwolves play, I'm oh. like, come on, this is going to be the game where it's going to come together. Your actual starting lineup is going to be healthy and everybody's actually going to play. Yeah. And then that doesn't really happen. Hey, uh, Jay, I, I don't know if you got the pleasure of uh, watching a bit of Hawks-Wolves. Oh, I watched the yeah. whole game. Okay. <laughs> How far back did that set basketball? 30 years <laughs> 50 dude, years. Dude, the Hawks committed 26 turnovers the, and blew out the Wolves in that game. The Hawks are awful. And they won by 11. 
it, it, it was um, it was disappointing. I mean, obviously, I mean, you guys look not having Carl Anthony Towns, not having you know Hernan Gomez, not having Ricky Rubio be on the court, understandable to a degree. But you know, like when you start digging a little bit with this team, when you recognize that Carl Anthony Towns, Russell, Josh Okoji, Malik Beasley, and Hernan Gomez. They've just played under 17 total minutes together this season. Like, that lineup has the best net rating. And you feel like if this team could actually get healthy and everybody could be on the same page. And I know Carl, I mean, even for Cat, like, the numbers are actually quite staggering. You know, he played in 35 or 64 games last season, right? Like, the season before that, like, he missed five. The first season, first three seasons before that, he missed zero games. Like, just – Help to actually see your players on the court yeah. playing together would be a good first start, you know? Yeah. That's the challenging part. And I think, so what the part that is discouraging the most is when Carl Anthony Towns is gone, obviously you're going to feel it because he's one of the most efficient scorers in the league, and so there's going to be a drop-off. You're just not going to be the same team, and we get that. It's the way that they look without him that's so concerning, you know, like, when you lose your superstar, you shouldn't you shouldn't be like a a thirty points worse team on a nightly basis, and that's what it feels like they've been. Where they just are, it's garbage time by the the first five minutes of the third quarter. And you tell me if I'm wrong on this, Jay Will, but I kind of feel like that's an indictment on D'Angelo Russell, and he's put up some big numbers offensively, and and he's shooting like forty percent from three, and he has a career high shooting percent. So there's some good things offensively, but in terms of a complete max salary player. I don't think – I know that the supporting cast is questionable, but when Cat is out, you shouldn't just be getting, like, run out of the gym um, if you're D'Angelo Russell. Am I being too hard on him? What are your thoughts? You know, I, I go back to when D'Lo got drafted, and I think D'Lo is a, a really good young man. Um, but, you know, I saw him at Ohio State, and I was like, you know, everybody's like, his passing ability is incredible. And I, you know, started talking to some scouts that I – really trust and value their opinion and like well is his athleticism elite athleticism that you think he could be a superstar player in the league just because you get superstar money doesn't mean that you're a superstar player okay and I think for D'Lo his offense is good but then you know and he's not the only problem it's one of several players on the Timberwolves where you feel like they're it's either defense or offense you're kind of going who's on the court for offense and if they're on the court for offense, I don't want them on the court for defense. Who's on the court for defense? When they're on the court for defense, I don't want them on the court for offense. Right? It, it's kind of, if you're Ryan Saunders, you're like, I, I don't know what the hell to come or to go. And with these lineups, and I feel like that's the case with D'Lo, right? Like, he is giving you 20-plus points in the last five or six games. But then on defense, he's a liability. And there's, I think that's the one thing that's the most disappointing about this team thus far is that when I watch the Knicks play, for example – you know, talent-wise, the Knicks aren't that talented, but damn, Tibbs have them play hard each and every possession. It's like maybe that's the solution. Bad. What if the Timberwolves could get a coach like Tom Thibodeau in here? You, you went there on purpose, <laughs> Williams. You went. You did this on purpose. <laughs> but like, I don't even see that effort being made. I mean, it's the reason why they're 28th in defensive ratings, man. It's it's, and that's just all spirit. Like, that's not about hey, what's your skill set? Can you score from anywhere? That's about effort, who you choose to be when you wake up every single day. And you can't tell me. I mean, Phil, you and I were talking over the weekend, man. Like, you know, like my mom has really been struggling. It's been a challenge for me. I haven't done everything right. But 
it's like I wake up each and every day. I'm like, hey, I have to be better today than I was yesterday. Like, I have to be. Like, I owe that, and not to bring, like, you know, emotional side, but I owe that to my family. I owe that to myself, and I, I'm not going to quit. And I feel like if you're in the league and you're playing and you're making the kind of money you're making in the midst of a pandemic and all this stuff going on, like, don't come out and give me a lack of effort. That's problematic to me. Yeah, exactly. So off of that point, uh, when, when you watch the Wolves, Jay Will, is this a well-coached team? I think you're only as well-coached as your leader. And, uh, you know, I, I think that pressure has to be on Cat. Now, I, I know it, it's hard for bigs to be like the leader because the ball isn't in their hands all the time. But I think you, you have to start wondering about who is the ferocious leader on this team that people are going to follow. Are you going to follow Carl Anthony Towns into a fire? I, I think I would, but you know, is the ball in the, is that Ricky Rubio? Is that Delo? I don't think so. I don't know who the, who the star player. And it's not to knock bigs because I, I still think you know bigs can be stars in this league. I just don't know if they're going to be like that driving <laughs> every single day. Yeah, it's going to do. Like they still, Cat still has to wait for the ball to be put in his hands. There's not somebody saying, you there, you're here, get up in there. Get it. It's just different when it comes from like a lead wing or a lead guard, and I don't think they have that player yet. You know, that's another good segue here. Uh, I can't remember if it was Dex or Judd a few minutes ago pointed out, you see he was averaging like 27 points a game now and dishing out a bunch of assists and shooting lights out from three. Does he play for the so- Bulls? He plays for the Bulls, I want, and I want to take Jay Will back here because I've told this story on the show before. Uh, this was about, I want to say, five years ago, and I went to the Wolves practice facility actually to, to record a podcast with Cheryl Reeve, the Lynx coach at the time. Um, well, she still is, but I, I was there to go interview Cheryl Reeve, and it was a Wolves off day. They were actually coming off a back-to-back. I think it was a road trip back-to-back, and then this was like the day after, and so everyone was just going to rest that day. And there were two guys in the facility. One was Kevin Garnett, who's like 40 years old and just hoisting up jump shots on his off day and doing Kevin Garnett things. And the other guy was Zach Levine. And we had been told also around that time that Zach Levine, who was rehabbing from a knee injury at one point, they had to take his key fob away because he was spending too much time in the facility at like 3 o'clock in the morning. They were like, dude, you need to rest. So they actually took his key away in the offseason at times. And we brought it up on the show before that trade, Wiggins to uh, uh, b- before the the Timberwolves wound up trading Wiggins, or I'm sorry, Levine for Jimmy Butler. Did they trade the wrong guy? Are they going to regret that Zach Levine goes to Chicago and blows up at some point? Well, Zach Levine is averaging 27 and a half points, five assists, four and a half rebounds. He's shooting 50 percent from the floor and 40 percent from three. Um, I don't know, man. That feels like maybe the one that got away more than anybody when you talk about Timberwolves regret the last few years. And, and Phil, he did that despite of their last head coach. I mean, he did that despite of Jim Bullen and Jim Bullen. There were a lot of issues there. I mean, I, I went to Bulls games. I mean, that's why I played. I, I couldn't tell you how many times I saw Zach Levine and Jim Bullen almost get into a fight. Or when Jim Bullen's coming out of a timeout, I would see Zach kind of wave his hand and look, Bill Duffy represents Zach Levine. So Bill Duffy was my agent when I when I played. Um, and we have deep conversations about, you know, you have to have a culture where it's led by somebody who is relentless in their approach. 
And the one thing that didn't stop Zach Levine from doing, he kept coming. Like, regardless of how much he got discouraged by Jim Bolin, whatever issue he had, now he finally actually has Billy Donovan that actually can, can lead. But I just feel like he kept coming. He was relentless in his approach. And I see that. And I guess, you know, it cat has that. That's one thing. Like, and I, I don't, I don't know. Cause I'm not spending time around the facilities. Like you guys are hearing stories from beat writers all the time. I'm reading and watching games from afar, but I would ask you guys, who's the player that has that on this team? Who's the player? Like, man, I got to drag this dude out of the gym, man. I, like this dude just wants to play regardless of whether they're down 30. Like, he's giving you effort. He's diving on floors. He's, he's bringing, he's bringing his, his lunch pail um, to, to work every day, and that's who he is. I don't know who that player is. Jay will it's Ed Davis. That's dude, who. Just shadow- he's, play- <laughs> just, he's playing two minutes a game and working his ass off. Dude, he, he's shadow screening, shadow screening in the practice it's Ed facility. Ed Davis, just like Mackie <laughs> told you at the start of the year, locker room culture guy, Edward Davis. You guys have been saying it since day one. I should have listened, damn it. I should have listened. Yeah, some guys go in and they put up like a thousand threes, you know, Steph Curry and stuff. No, Ed Davis goes in and he and he just sets screens on ghosts, man. He, boxes, screen. boxes, he just boxes out constantly. Who can I box out? Elbow to elbow. Get the guy from, from the cafeteria. I'll box him out. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of dummies in the on, on the gym floor just padded. You just see him swiping. Swing, sw- swing swipes, just boxing people out, hitting the pad. That's the kind of effort you need, damn it. So. Amazing. Um, hey, r- real quick, before we let you go, this is going to be a super fun championship weekend of football games. So you've, you basically have three of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, if Pat Mahomes comes back from the concussion, Brady and Rodgers, and then a guy in Josh Allen who is in the MVP conversation. So I th- we were talking yesterday. I don't think there's a bad Super Bowl matchup out of these. You can pretty much just scramble them up. So, fingers crossed, knock on wood, but this should be super fun. I'm being honest, man. I, I, I want to see Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. Like, I, yep. there's something about those two quarterbacks, and it's not to, to knock these guys, but if you were to ask me to rate them this year, I would say Tom Brady, number four, Josh Allen, number three. Um, then I would go Patrick Mahomes, number two, and I'll go Aaron Rodgers, number one, because he's going to win MVP. But something about the way – A-A-Ron and Patrick Mahomes plays the game. It's like, I, I want to watch a video game. I want to watch, you know, PlayStation 5 on Super Bowl Sunday. I, I look forward to that. That can happen. 50 to 41. Yes. Exactly. Give 55. Me Give me points on the board. I want to see scoring. Hey, Jay, uh, as a player who played a sport uh, professionally and, and saw great players and played against them, What's it like for you to watch a guy like Breeze, who who clearly, you know, in his prime was just fantastic and great, um, but you see that last game and it's just painful. Uh, for, for me, as a fan, it's tough. But what's it like for a guy who knows what it takes to get there to see one of the greats look mortal or worse in his last game? Yeah, Jed, I, I would say, you know, it's – I had to walk away from the game at a young age, and there was always that, for lack of better terms, like that piss and vinegar inside of me, like that anger about the way it went down, like the way my last game or my accident, the way things went down. And I think typically my initial reaction is when I saw them lose, I'm like, I don't think he's going to retire. The way you go out like that, I I don't know if I want to see or if he wants to see himself go out like that. And then I watched footage of him on the field after the game. 
with his boys and his wife. And seeing TB, Tom Brady, come out and throw a ball, like there was a certain element, and I have that now as a, you know, 39, about turned 40 year old man with my career, because some of it's like that thing that haunts you for a while where he just seemed at peace. Like it's okay. I don't need to chase anything anymore. Even though I went out the way I didn't want to go out, there was a relaxedness about him, like, um, like a serenity, a tranquility about that moment. I mean, how many players do you see enjoying a moment after a loss like that with their family on the field? It, um, it just set a different tone with me where it quickly snatched me from this place that sports means everything. And it reminded me of where I've been the last year with this pandemic. No, no. Like the time I have with my family and me being okay, battling through injuries, that's everything. And I, I feel like that's where Drew Brees is right now. I think it's it also place and it's cool. It also helped him after the game when he was hanging out with Tom Brady in street clothes. And uh, Brady looks like he's 25 years old, even though he's older than Brees. And then Brady drops back to pass and throws a dime in the corner of the end zone to Breeze's son. And Breeze is like, all right, I'm good here. Don't I'm to- good for life. Yep. We're good. <laughs> I just want to say that Tom Brady's forehead never moves when he talks. I'm just saying. He uh, looks really young, but wow, Tom. Yeah, is he like, is it Botox? Yeah, I, about to say, it sounds like I don't know. So whatever he's doing, it's working, though. He still looks very young in the face. There he does. It is, it is a little bit weird. I think he probably colors his hair a little bit, but when you eat kale for every meal and sleep in a hyperbaric chamber four times a Couldn't day, you probably like don't gray him. as quick. Couldn't do that. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather be fat. Wing, not, not giving up buffalo wings to look like that. Sorry. Beer and wings. I'm fat and happy, man. Bring on the pizza. Right. That's right. We're men of men, guys. That's yeah. what we do. All right, Jay. Will. thanks for dropping by. Right, we'll talk soon. See ya. All right, boy. All right. Bye. That's uh, Jay Williams from ESPN Radio. You can catch him. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin here on Score North Radio, 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. every single morning. So, uh, yeah, he's been a friend of the show for for a few months now. It's been good. Yeah, Tom Brady, it's amazing. Like, he looks way younger than me for sure, and I'm eight years younger than he is. Would you guys, like, to look like that and to be that rich and to be that successful, would you give up all sorts of food pleasures? You wouldn't? No, hell no. food pleasures, no. I mean, he's I, given up uh, everything that uh, like you would indulge in food he, and alcohol wise. The, the latter is gonna be the hardest part. The alcohol. The alcohol. Yeah, he's it's not hard. drinking. He's I not drinking five seltzers when he gets home I, from. A I cracked open night. a seltzer just for for uh, Score North Happy Hour last night after the Wild game. But I I literally have been drinking ginger ale like, like I'm going through multiple two liters of ginger ale a week to prevent myself from drinking. That's probably even day. worse for you, though. Isn't yeah, that like all say, tons of sugar? That's a ton of sugar, but, yeah. Uh, no, there's no sugar, I don't think, in ginger ale. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Is there? Oh, okay. Oh, well, yeah. anyway, yeah, I love ginger ale, and it's not alcohol, so so baby steps here, okay? <laughs> baby steps, for God's sake. Brady's life. To... Trying to brag about being healthy, and then I just got crapped oh, off for drinking sugar. Yeah, you're drinking like 100 grams of sugar a day, you got to drink diet stuff. What are you doing? Water. Drink, drink. Water's trash. I can't stand it. What do you mean water's trash? I don't like it that much, but my God, it's not trash. I can't. I can't do it. No. You, what do you mean you can't drink water? I like it. I, just, I can't sit there Wait, and I just like drink it, but it's trash? ounces and, and gallons of water. I can't well, do I'm it. Well, I'm not asking you to do that. Dude, but the key, the key to being, water. and listen, take it from us, the two beacons of health, Mackie and Jack. <laughs> yeah, I got my water right here. The key to being healthy is to eat the most bland and plain things possible. Avoid carbs. Avoid the red meats. I can't meats. do that. I can't do those. Uh-uh. No. I mean, you and, carbs, Ro- you and Royce you basically meat. like replace water with Diet Coke, I feel like. Ugh. Like you're I drinking Diet that. Coke I'm right drinking now. Diet Coke, coffee, and water. I'm mixing oh, it up. That's good. I'm mixing it up, but no. <laughs> TB's life to me, no interest. 
Like you, you could give me oh. all of his successes and and his wife or whatever. I no, I don't want that. I don't want that. I here's what I want. My lifestyle, much, much more fun. Okay, legit question, because he looks like he looked great in that game. Yeah, he looks And good. I think part of the reason why he didn't look great early in the year is because he was still trying to figure out what the system was. I think he looks routes. good for him, not great now. But do you think he's still playing in five years? Like, no. is he going to be 48 years old and still playing? No, in he's going to hit a glorious cliff year where it just gets ugly. Yep. It's like going to, it's going to, he's going to hit it. Yep. He's going, and for those who hate him, just wait because it's coming at some point in time. And, and, and there's a lot who hate him. And I don't know that he has the desire to get out before the cliff, or you would have gotten out by now, right? What? 100%. I think he's fine with going over the cliff. Oh no, he he will. Well, because he he won't see it coming. He'll never think. I I think that if you asked him today, your question just now, that TB would say, "Oh yeah, I'll be playing in five years." Yes. No, the cliff. He will go off the cliff and never see it. it there, there's no guardrail there. He's going to go right off that sucker. I mean, we were we were sitting there, I remember 10 I don't know years when, ago. And I don't know with what team, because I don't think it's going to be, I, I think he's probably going to try to play for, I think he's going to play for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is going to get slightly freaked out that he's so damn old, and I would not be surprised if there is a third team. We were sitting there 10 years ago just saying, actually it was 11 years ago because we Would weren't saying it? it 10 years ago. Would you do it? Boy, Brett Favre for 39-40. Wow, just he's got some magic in that right arm, but he looked like he was 50. Brett Favre very much looked physically, his his fully gray hair, his gray beard, even like the way that he looked in pads. He looked like an old man in pads, he looked, right? He looked like I do now. Like the big gray beard. Yeah, he. But he was forty. I was just gonna say, yeah, he looked terrible. But I stopped he was short. For, he was forty-one at that time. He looked awful. Oh my God, he, you're dying! He's on the doorstep of death. What's wrong? Uh, and and Tom Tom Brady legitimately looks like if you didn't know who Tom Brady was, and, and someone showed you a photo of him right now and said, "How old do you think this guy is?" You'd be like, ah, 32, 33, something like that. So anyhow, I asked you a very important question, and I think you you missed it. I said, there's going to be a third team. I think Tampa Bay is going to freak out and be, be like, okay, dude, you're about to turn 45 or something, right? <clears throat> we have uh, hypothesized that Aaron Rodgers might be a Viking next, but the way he's playing, he ain't going to leave Green Bay. Like, he's playing too well. They're probably more likely to trade Jordan Love, which is a huge indictment on that front office, by the way. <clears throat> okay. Kirk Cousins' contract, not a lot of time left. Around the time that I I am guessing that the Buccaneers will freak out and say we can't continue to go down this path, <clears throat> Kirk Cousins will leave the Vikings. Would you do it for a year? I would. I absolutely would. I would rather them find the long-term solution at some oh, point. Me too. It is but super just, fun doing this. I'm just this. asking the question. Randall Cunningham and doing this thing with Donovan McNabb and Brett Favre, like, don't get me wrong, I, and even Sam Bradford, I sort of enjoy, oh, guy who's been written off or future Hall of Fame guy. I love that the Vikings are in Warren Moon in the 90s. I love that they've just become the franchise that Jim does McMahon. that. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Jeff George. Brad Johnson. Now, Brad Johnson was originally a Viking, though. Sure, but he brought him back, though. Yeah. In 05. So. That's true. Um, we can go on. I would love to do it to do the Brady thing or do the Rogers thing. That would be super fun. I would I would even do 
like the Matt Ryan thing in a couple of years. I would do those things. That's a very Vikings thing to do. If like once Kirk's done and you got to figure out a one year stopgap before Matt Ryan. Well, for sure, like a forty-five year old Brady. 100%. I do. If if I had my choices, Rogers one, Brady two, the Ryan thing three or four. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying like that. Matt Ryan at age thirty-nine is like the ideal thing. I'm just saying it's a very. It would be a very Vikings thing. Oh, I and you. I would yeah. definitely be here for it. I'm just asking. But I don't know. Becomes available. Maybe one of these times. I don't know. You take a swing in the first round on a guy that's not Christian Ponder and see what happens. That's what I would like to see. Or I don't know. Trade for Deshaun Watson, and maybe have some resources available next time. But I, I, I hear you, and I think I think he will play for a third team. I think Rodgers will play for a second team, and I think you should have your arms open oh, I, when those things I do. happen. Oh, I I embrace that green and gold. Mackie and Judd on ScoreNorth.com and the ScoreNorth app. You think you like football? Bill Belichick doesn't just like football. He f- loves football. They're all good. Yeah, they're all good. So, yeah, every one of them. Treadwell, um, Thielen, Diggs, Rudolph, the backs, quarterback, um, Baker Pick, they're all good. Football. All right, it is uh, it is our once a week visit to uh, Declan's film room, which is a terrible thing to have. Uh, yeah, mind. not on a good day. Not, not, maybe not the best choice of words on a day like today. Sure, well, that'd be still show. pictures, guys. Don't worry about uh, that. It's called Dex Reviews. He once reviewed a bidet. Lately, he's been reviewing quarterback prospects, and I get that <laughs> the percentage chance of the Vikings drafting a quarterback in the first round. Pretty low at this point, but sure. doesn't it doesn't mean we can't explore the possibilities. Absolutely. So what are we reviewing today, Declan? We're uh, we're rolling the tide. We're going with Mac Jones, quarterback from uh, Alabama. Mac Football. Jones. Football. On the rise. Stock climbing yeah. from what I'm told by my sources. Yeah, yeah, sources. I talked to a scout. He gave me a very brief uh gave me a very brief one sentence answer on Mac Jones. We'll get to that here in a bit. Oh but, wow. But just a one sentence answer on him. All right, well, let's, let's start with your main takeaway after watching Mac Jones. Sure. So th- the things I liked about him, I watched that uh, college football playoff where Alabama just absolutely rolled over them. Um, one of my, the first play I noticed that I really liked, it was towards the goal line, and it was a little Brett Favre in him and a little shovel pass. I don't know if you saw this. I think it was in the first or second series of the national championship game. Love I love me a, a little good Brett Favre. shovel pass, man. Need me need me a little Brett Favre in any yeah. future Vikings quarterback. Oh, Just yeah, a yeah, little yeah. Brett Favre. Our scouting report started with a shovel pass. You're damn right it did. Can we get an arm strength, please? No. Yeah, I'll get there. Listen, I'll get there. a quarterback who can't properly shovel pass isn't a quarterback Correct. worth having on the Vikings roster. I agree. Roster. Shovel pass makes me very concerned. Uh, I'll get really nerdy. I like I liked his feet. No happy feet. No happy feet in the pocket. He, hmm. he stood there. His foot feet were, were poised and in control. I like the feet. The feet were also very, very good there. A lot of the simple things really well. He can check down. He doesn't. He's not going to force a oh, pass down. If he anything. can check down, he'd be a great Vikings quarterback. There's been a legendary list of check down quarterbacks. Sam Bradford. Here. I mean, and you're talking about just a, a big body of a quarterback here, six two, two hundred five pounds. I mean, this is this is a he can see over the line of scrimmage. Prototypical QB baby. This is 1996. I did mean, you tell what his hand size was from watching? I did MTV? not. I didn't. I need to get the diameter on the hand size. I didn't get the hips. Uh, the diameter on the hips, which I would have liked to know. I, are like they oily? oily hips? You know, I got to know that. Those are the things I liked about him. Uh, things I didn't like. Uh, he has a tendency to stare down the wide receiver. He likes to look at the number one target, and then if the number one target isn't there, 
Sometimes the play doesn't go according to plan. Maybe that will remind you of someone as I get to my comp here in a little bit. Although, in fairness to him, if you have a receiver like he has at Alabama, you can probably just stare him down all day and it doesn't matter. That was also that put that was in my negative category. He has the best receiver in college football. So his numbers are great, but I think they're inflated by literally the Uh-oh. best wide receiver in college football. That's making me concerned. Um, he is the product, I think, of a typical Alabama quarterback. Let me run down the list of Alabama guys here. Now, before Mac Jones, it was Tua Tugavaiola. Tug- Tua I just called him Tua. Tua. And Jalen Hurts, two yep. guys who are in the NFL right now and guys who hopefully should have pretty decent NFL careers. But look at the guys before Jalen Hurts. Blake Barnett, Cooper Bateman. This is such like Alabama yeah. schoolboy names. Jake, Jake Cocker, Bateman. Blake Sims, A.J. McCarron, classic A.J. McCarron. Uh, Greg McElroy, Brody Coyle, like just a, Brody Croyle. A, just a classic Alabama you quarterback. you got to go back and find Joe Willie Namath. That's, yeah, and you that's go, the Bama quarterback. you got to go gotta, all you, the way back. Even Freddie Kitchens, for God's sakes, was the quarterback there for three years in the 90s. 100 right? pounds earlier. In yeah, the no 90s? Yeah. I yeah. don't remember that. Oh, my God. Really? So also, he threw, up, he, uh, threw 464 yards in that national championship game, but 296 went to Adams and then Najee Harris on check down. So really, like, he was throwing it right to his best receiver, and he was checking down. The running back was getting a lot of yak after the catch. So it it really kind of inflated so his he, numbers. So he just, he just sits in the Ferrari and turns the key, yeah. basically, right? And with no mobility. Okay, Zero see, I'm mobility. Out I, I'm sorry about that, but that's a major problem for me. All right, so the scout. I texted a scout, and I asked, hey, I need a little, I need a little report. What do you think about uh, Mac Jones at Alabama? One sentence answer. Very solid player. Screw you. Stop texting me. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not yet. I shot you up. The, uh, nope. I, I didn't. I didn't go you there up? yet. Yeah. I texted the scout. You up? You and up? By the way, when I get a no response, I don't continue to pester them with uh, sixty-two messages. Football Anyone? film and chill. Why aren't you responding God. to me, frown oh, face? My God. Crotch <laughs> pick. Uh, Are you mad? <laughs> Are you mad at me, scout? Scout tells me very solid player, but I don't love him as an NFL prospect. That was what the scout told me. Perfect. Sign the Vikings. This up. is it. Yep. Yeah. This is this is absolutely awesome. Honestly, yep. my, second round Vikings are going to tie their yep. next ten years to him. It'll and be my great. comp, I think best case scenario, he becomes Kirk Cousins. Wow. Best case scenario becomes well, Kirk Cousins. The irony. Ta- no mobility. No mobility. Tendency to stare down his number one wide receiver. Freaks out when I, things I, I don't feel, go wrong. I, I think Kirk is to the point where he can look guys off now. I don't think. But he when he's him. when he's panicked and he doesn't know what to do, he locks in on who Thielen every single time, and he doesn't know what to do. He has no mobility. I'd steer clear from a first round. Oh, wait, pick. hold on a second, Kirk. I saw Kirk run with my own two eyes a few times, yeah. and he chugged along Gus pretty Farad well. Gus also ran a few two times. He ran so hard into a wall, he got a concussion. So, I mean, I love me some yeah, he Gus Farad. That's not a that, that, button the wall. That, that's not a knock on my guy Gus. Okay, but I, but Kids. for God's sakes, he has zero mobility. Uh, so I, I would steer clear from Mac Jones. Is 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 the Dex okay. reviews here? What if he fell to the third round? Which is, I would think, I think that's a possibility. Like okay. he would fall to the third round. Mac Jones or Kyle Trask. If they both fall to the third round and they're both there, and you could take one, which do you take? I, I would probably take Trask. I think I'm going with Trask too. Okay. I think Trask is a better project quarterback than than Mac Jones, but Mac not Jones in the first might, round. But not in the first round. No. I'm steering clear, Big Tuna from from Mac Jones. No way. Football. Can't do it. I can't do it. That was good, Dex. Dex reviews Mac Jones style. So your scout all, was awesome. I love the scouting takes that you're yeah. that you're gathering. Yeah, I got here. I got sources. My doogie hat on. I got my sources. <laughs> if we find out that you're fudging scouting reports and no, actually, no. and actually, uh, you still up? No, 
Yeah, you still up? No. <laughs> Can you talk some more? What's wrong? Want to watch ER? No, I don't know. Are you mad at me still? Yeah. Yikes. Hey, by the way, so I, I tweeted this out yesterday. So someone DM'd me, speaking of DMs, someone DM'd me on Instagram, a friend of mine, and she's been talking to this guy who is a big fan of Score North. And in fact, the point where she name-dropped me and it got credit to him in their relationship. But now she's panicking that she's really not, he's not really into her and he's more focused on drinking seltzers with us and wants to be part of the Score North crew. So he's only with her because he knows that she's friends with you and and the show. Yes. So you get a secondary assist for keeping their relationship. This sounds going. like a curb. This, it, it's this a, sounds it's, like a plot a for another, a secondary plot for a curb. Another another Does example that I am Larry David so, in, in reincarnation. So yeah. she originally thought that it was cool that she got credit for name dropping our show, but now she she's concerned that our show is the entire reason why he basically keeps going her. out with her. Yes. Yes. Oh, this is well, a, it's setting up for a curb plot, but what would is. what would what would have to happen for it to be a curb your enthusiasm episode? Nothing because Cur- curb is great at basically taking a storyline like that and she's just going to be paranoid and in the end break up with him because she's convinced he loves us more than her. That's the curb thing. It's Seinfeld. What's going to happen is he probably will end the relationship and he'll be on vent line here in a couple weeks with us drinking seltzers. So that, that might Venting be Venting about the relationship. Venting no. about the relationship. Scored out after dark. That's the curve. I'm going to put money on this. Or, or she, she makes breaks an up appearance on vent line and, yeah. and he that hears would it be better. and complains Oh my about God, that'd be so much better. Yeah. <laughs> and what if she had great sports takes that beat his takes and she like does. we liked her more as a sports fan. I think she does. And so he breaks up with her yep. based on sports knowledge, yep. which for- could be a major problem. <laughs> this is great. Uh, boys, before we wrap with Roycey, every Tuesday we are opening up the proverbial mailbag, Ask Mackie and Judd, and we are open for whatever you want to ask us, whether it's a Minnesota sports question, if it's uh, if it's something b- behind the scenes, if it's about – we like to talk about, like, the media landscape. We had I think we had a good time with that Fox Sports North Sinclair discussion. If you have questions about literally anything, tweet them at me, at Phil Mackie, at Dex's Tweets, at Jay Zolgad, and just, uh, I don't know – include the Ask Mackie and Judd phrasing in some way so we can we can put it in our bag. Uh, so let's rapid fire through a couple of these here. Jaden wants to know, what is the most annoying part of every Minnesota franchise in your guys' opinion? So going down going down the list or one common thing? Um, I think I think he wants one for each team quickly. Like just like like annoying word association basically. Like for the Twins it would be they never trade their top prospects yeah. for established players. Always saying, wait two years. Yep. Wait two years. I think for the Vikings, it's for me, it's how comfortable they are with being good, yeah, it's good not it's great. It's good, not great. Yeah, that's that's not exactly great. what I was go- going to, to say. The Timberwolves, wild? literally their existence and They're, everything. Yeah. The Wild? Hang on to the past. No, no. Furious rallies, man. They can never, ever make life simple. It's always got, got to be, okay, we're down by five goals. Now we can start our comeback. We're down 3-1 or in the series. Down, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, let's come back now. That is the most annoying, wild trait possible. It's like, can you ever just, like, comfortably do something? Yeah, the, the wolves, the poor wolves. Go for football. Um, I don't know. I, I, I almost feel like go for football the, the last 15, 
years. It's like changed. they've kind of they've kind of like maxed out what they're. I mean, with Mace, with Mace, it, it was chokes, but now not so much. Go for basketball. I think it's just that like you never know who the players are because it's they're just built on transfers every year. Yeah, they just always have like golfers three new harder. starters that were transfers that you've never heard of. The golfers are more difficult. I think the I think the Wild Wolves, Twins, and Vikings are pretty mm-hmm. simple. Sam in Australia asks, "Who is your favorite all time musical act, and if if applicable, your favorite album of all time?" He says his is Springsteen, and the album is "Let Me Come Over" by Buffalo Tom. Um, so oh, Buffalo Tom, that's a great '90s callback. Buffalo Tom, Buffalo Tom, good band, Tom. very good band, early '90s, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. All right. So, what what is your and, and I, I think the musical act and the album can be different musicians or bands, but what do you guys go with? Mm, I'm going to go with Beatles for my favorite band of a lot of bands, uh, and and I'm actually going to do a weird one here. What one of my favorite my favorite album might be Liz Fair 1991-ish Exile in Guyville, which was a response uh, to the Rolling Stones' Exile on Main Street and is a absolutely low-budget but fantastic, fantastic album slash CD. Okay. Declan? I would say, I mean, I'm kind of legit. I really, really like the Beatles. I grew up with the Beatles. My dad loved the Beatles, but... Uh, to be the typical millennial, uh, I will actually go with Kid Cudi uh, for the album, and that would be a kid named Cudi. Or excuse me, Man in the Moon. A Man in the Moon. I, 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 there's a lot of good Kid Cudi albums that I liked. But kid growing Cudi. up, Kid Cudi is a rapper um, <laughs> from Cleveland. Uh, I think if you were born between 1990 and 1996, you probably spent a good portion of your high school driving around listening to Kid Cudi with your with your high school friends. Okay. Um, so I, I missed that, that window. Yeah, yeah, just a years. little bit. Just I little bit. am not familiar with Kid Cudi. Uh, yeah. And then recent, I, I always like change my like favorite artists. Like and, and like r- right now, I'm kind of like in a in a, in a bigger. It's country. Creed now. It's a, no, it's not. Um, I'm in a bigger country. Matchbox so Twenty. <laughs> I would say I'm a big fan of Marin Morris. I love Marin. I saw her live at the Armory about a year ago. This time, props to you for including a female artist on your list. Too. Yeah, I feel I, like a lot of guys like they. That's what I they, just it's did. Like, it's almost like they. I I didn't even know what bands you were talking yeah. about. Liz Fair is, half, is, half Liz Fair is fantastic. <laughs> you said Beatles. I was like, oh, okay, that's yeah. what I know. Now Liz Liz Fair is fa- uh, absolutely great. I would say Marin Morris, and then I I love Chris Stapleton, which I know Mackie that might be on Mackie's list too, though. Yeah. So my I have a my my current favorite artist is Chris Stapleton. My old school, like long term favorite artist or band is Aerosmith, and then my this is going to be my favorite album. Sort of rotates, but I recently re listened to the Metallica S and M album. Wow! Where yeah. they did, I think it was the San Francisco Orchestra. They did like a live recording yeah. of all their hits, like all their greatest hit songs mm-hmm. with an orchestra. So that's the one that's on the top of my head right now. I love that Metallica album. It came out in the late nineties, and it is excellent. So. Interesting. Uh, per- perhaps a small controversial take. On an island, if you told me I, I could only have have one gender of ar- artist to listen to, I'm going female. Is it just because of the I island vibes? Or you're alone? No, no, no. I'm telling you, I, I honestly believe that the best albums and songs put out are done by women, not men. I don't think that's a hot take. No, I don't think it's a hot take at all. Yeah, I think a lot. I think what happens is a lot of guys have a complex. Like they have a complex that like 
they don't want to be viewed as uncool when they throw their musical. So a lot of guys will throw out Bruce Springsteen because he's like manly and everyone loves Bruce Springsteen, right? But if I were to tell you, like, I actually I can't stand Springsteen. Really? But, yeah. but like a lot of guys throw out Springsteen right, and you, Creedence no. Clearwater Revival and Led Zeppelin, oh, right? Yeah. When really, like, you know, I, I kind of like Carly Simon. Oh, yeah, Carly Simon's love, fantastic. Carol Lady, King. Love Lady Gaga. You know, give me some. Gaga's awesome. Carol King. Give uh-huh. me some Linda Ronstadt from the 70s. Uh, oh, give yeah. me some Gloria Estefan and the Miami Sound okay, Machine from the got, 80s. Now, now right? you've gotten way too far. <laughs> Tracy Chapman? Come on. Oh, Fast Car? It's one of the yeah. best songs of all time. Uh, she's, yeah, she's great. Colorado Truck Guy asks Mackie and Judd, have you guys ever got into an argument where you were actually pissed at each other? The only one I can really think of, and I'd have to think more on this, is when Judd said a few years ago that the Vikings made a mistake oh, yeah. not drafting Aaron Rodgers That's in terrible. the first round <laughs> of the 2004 draft with, with two or picks. five draft. With two first-round picks. And that was like... That was definitely a sports argument, but I was legitimately like upset, mad that he was saying that thing. standing in that area of of take. No, um, I, I haven't gotten pissed at you guys. There's been times I've been annoyed. Let it I'm, well, I'm yeah. definitely I've annoyed you for sure. So I, that definitely goes two ways. That's but I don't different. think I've been pissed. No, I don't think I've been upset. I'd have to like go back and listen. We actually have a bunch of archives from like old Mackie and Judd shows. I feel like we, I feel like we used to fight a little bit more at the outset of when we started together. Yeah, that makes sense. And and it's we just don't as much now. So sometimes you can't force it. Sometimes that's w- bad. When when we first started doing the show together in 2014, I think it's been seven years. It'll be the Monday after the Super Bowl. Yep. It'll be seven years. Okay. And I was coming from being with Patrick Royce for four years. And it kept, like I loved working with Pat, but it's also sometimes it was a little bit frustrating working with Pat sometimes. <laughs> like the, the the benefits far outweighed like the frustration. Yeah. But I remember at that point in my career, I was like, My God, like I just I just want like a normal like conversation flow sometimes and sometimes Pat will just take things off the rails and like it was more of me just being young. And so the first couple of years of Mackie and Judd, I feel like for me personally, it was like, we got four hours and I need to like, I've got thoughts on things and I'm going to like. And then it was four hours. Yeah. <laughs> and then two years in, you're like, oh my God, we got four hours. Yes. Um, but for the most part, like we get along, We Judd and I have been friends like many years before we did a show together. And so we, like if we get mad at each other on the show about something, it never like carries over where we're like, you hear these stories about like Mike and the Mad Dog didn't talk for a month. It's like that's stupid. Poor yeah. guys getting fights, <laughs> like literal fights. That's my favorite. We always have like you a want to take it outside, right? Like, who was that one show that literally did the? Yeah. You want to step outside on their show? And yeah. we're like dropping. F-bombs it was like in Boston a couple months ago. Yeah, shocking. East Coast, like cool. Like didn't awesome someone a Super Bowl role like the Houston guys didn't oh, happen this year? Yeah, or when it was here. I mean, we saw that. That was yeah. Josh Innes. And I can't remember the other guys on the other morning sure. show, but yeah, Josh Dennis is basically just like a, sh- a sports shock jock who gets fired every year. Yeah, because he he went he he got on the phone and went over to the other table with the guy who was hosting his show back to Houston, and it was a former Texas player. Yeah, it was a former player. I don't remember his name, but he like confronted him with his cell phone, and he got yeah. kicked off radio roll, yeah. and then like went to what was that Denny's to do the show. Like yeah, there was a Denny's in Bloomington or something. Yeah. And our guy, Matt Thomas, was collateral damage. So he had his show got removed because of that right. morning show getting removed. But uh, but yeah, we are actually friends off microphone. So we don't really like get into huge fights. But so if you guys have questions for us about anything, could be Minnesota sports. We are going to open the question mailbag on Tuesdays. Ask Mackie and Judd. We're, we're bringing it back here. 
for the first time in a couple years. Should we try and track down our friend Patrick Ricey here? Let's do it. See what he's up to? Okay. We wrap with Ricey every single Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday on the show. You can also find Pat's podcast, Ricey Unchained, on Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. Um, Pat, what what can you tell us about what you know about the death of Tom Kelly's son um, earlier this week? Well, uh, I actually, it was on Saturday. Uh, he was he was his. Uh, his mother is uh, Tom's ex-wife. His mother, uh, I think, was in Scottsdale or lives down there with her uh, with Tom's junior stepfather, and and then he had a bunch of buddies uh, from uh, Hill Murray. Uh, the Walshers were down there with him. They were going to play golf, and I think he was visiting a little family while he was down there. He's been working uh, in a in a bank doing mortgages in Tampa bell banking and uh he's, he's apparently doing well i i talked to uh nate mauer uh who's uh the uh uh joe's cousin and went to hill murray with him and they're very very close friends and uh apparently tom who's a kind of arranges these things uh you know didn't show up for his tea time or wasn't there and it was five minutes and they went they, they must the hotel must have been right on the grounds there where they were playing golf or something. And they went to check on him and found him in the, uh, 42 years old, found him unresponsive in his mm. room. And, uh, and, uh, he's, you know, they, they don't know yet, but I think they're just assuming some kind of a heart attack or a seizure or something. And, uh, I, I, I talked to his dad and, uh, uh, for just a couple of minutes and, and not really, you know, just to express my sympathies and, uh, at this point, Tom's still a junior, still in Scottsdale because of the MLK holiday, and uh, they're they're making arrangements, I guess. So, very uh, popular guy with, uh, you know, he was he kind of got involved in that St. Paul Irish, uh, Cretan Hill Murray. You know, there's Walsh's from Hill Murray, and there's Walsh's from Cretan. There's like two different branches. Same way with the Mowers, and he was. You know, in those were all his buddies. He played St. Thomas baseball for four years. And they won the national championship in 2001, and he's got all those St. Paul buddies, even though he was living in Florida. And uh, they get together and play golf every once in a while. And in this case, they were going to play golf in Scottsdale. I don't know if they played on Friday or not, but uh, but he uh, that, that's that's what happened. And that's, uh, you know, it's it, it appears to be as I said heart attack, some kind of seizure. Who knows what it was? So anyway. Really sad stuff. 42, is that correct, Patrick? 42, yeah. 42 in September. I I found it. What a year. What a year it's been. Unbelievable. It's incredible. And, uh, you know, all of us send in our sympathy to Tom because there's nothing worse as a parent than this. That's for sure. Yeah. No. Did you, by the way, speaking of just crappy baseball news, did you read this Jared Porter story that came out last night? What the hell? What is? I mean, I read it and I wanted to throw up. And how does he? I know the gal. Uh, it sounded like she was maybe from Japan, and uh, that he started harassing uh, with this endless supply of text when he was working for the Cubs. Uh, but 
I, I don't how does how does a guy like that keep moving up in in the baseball organ? I know that she uh, she went to some guy from the Cubs who's apparently uh, the she went to some guy who was working for the Cubs who was uh, from same ethnic background as her and that guy you know instead of ratting him out to the Cubs basically uh, you know told her to work with it or something like that it's it's incredible it's it's, uh, passing was sitting on the story for three years basically because the woman didn't want to let it out but then when the Mets hired this clown as a as their general manager she felt that somebody should know what kind of guy he was so but the Mets man they could screw up a one-car parade Carlos Beltran now this guy yeah Yeah. but Beltran Beltran stole a few signs right I don't think there's anything else in his background right I think this puts signs and stealing signs into perspective doesn't it probably does yes yeah I mean wow just just uh, incredible and the other big scandal that's going on, in my opinion, is this NFL head coaching deal. And Judd and I talked about it some. I mean, they're, it, 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 Eric Bieniemy's just finally got an interview. But this idea that they're hiring other assistants after all the vows and promises and and you know signs that the NFL put up and everything else, they have no influence with their owners, do they? No. The commissioner's office. As long as no, it, their, their message to the ownership is basically, you keep making us billions, and we'll do whatever the hell we want to. Right? It's uh, it's just incredible to me as uh, as uh, you know just in unbelievable stuff going on right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And Patrick, the the amazing thing about sports is, is when things occur, we get so much, you know, promise and, oh, we care and inclusion, right? And all, all that. And when push comes to shove, though, once you get months away from those statements, you get this, which is, we really don't care. And here, by the way, Jared Porter, right? Texting a picture of his uh, private part. To this woman, finally, well, Favre did that, and we let him off the hook. Yeah, he's now the well-honored Brett Favre, right? Yeah, Let's go. it's mean, true. Hey, oh well, you know, he did that, and we, you know, he's hey, good old Brett. You know what the hell? We, I mean, it took about how long did that scandal last? Three months? Yeah, it was. It was. Well, it was. It was on the back of the New York Post for a couple of weeks, and then yeah. by the time then Randy just, Moss got just, traded, it was like, all right. Then he's yeah. just good old country Brett, you yep. know. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, uh, it's unbelievable that uh, uh, I don't know. Good luck to President-elect Joseph Biden trying to bring this collection of idiots, all of us, all of us included, together, starting Wednesday at noon. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It, it just you bring up the the black coach issue in the NFL too, so. And again, like, I'm not saying that, like, a couple of these guys that came out of nowhere, maybe they're going to wind up being great coaches in the next Sean McVay, because Sean sure. McVay kind of came Arthur out of nowhere. Smith Arthur Smith, Brandon Staley is another one. But 
So Brandon Staley and Arthur Smith are the two just random guys that skyrocketed out of nowhere, and they're both 38 years old. So yes. Arthur Smith was an offensive coordinator for the Titans, 2019 <laughs> and 20. In other words, he was the guy who came up with the genius plan to hand the ball off to Derrick Henry, right? Yep. We yep. got a 240-pound running back. Let's give him the ball. Oh, good. We'll yep. have him be our coach. And Brandon Staley has one year of coordinator experience. It was this last year with the Rams. Otherwise, he's just been a – actually, he was a defensive coordinator at John Carroll University he, in 2016. He looks so. like he's 12. He's a young dude, skyrocketed out of nowhere. Eric Bieniemy is 51 years old. He's been an offensive coordinator through the – essentially, like, he has helped – develop Pat Mahomes with Andy Reid in Kansas City. Um, And he also helped develop Adrian Peterson as a position coach in 2007, 8-9. I think he was also the associate or assistant head coach to uh, Brad Childress in 2010. They put that on his... And, like, he can't get one year and fired somewhere? Like, you can't can't give him him one year to head coach a team? It's ridiculous. Phil, 70% this year I saw... In 2020, 70% of the workforce in the NFL, black. Yeah. Yeah. African-American. 70%. And right now, we have Mike Tomlin and Brian Flores, right? We got two black head coaches. Am I right? I believe that's the case, yes. And and when you go through these new cycles and, and you think, okay, well, you know, Number one on the list is the enemy, and now they've hired five of them, and 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 as you say, just random assistant coaches. It's uh, it's a it's a league without a conscience. It doesn't have a conscience. Yeah. Now, you know? now I have seen some people, and there's been articles written about Eric Bieniemy at Colorado in the early late '80s, early '90s, he was and a then kid. Yeah. and then like and then up to the 2000s, he's had DUIs and some different things. His last transgression, I think, it was a DUI in 2001 or something. Yeah. And some people are saying, well, he's got a bit of a background. <laughs> yes. And Andy Reid calls the plays. So, but this guy, this Arthur Smith, he, he's a genius because he designed this boring Tennessee offense, but Andy Reid calls the plays. You don't think Eric sits there with them when they're game planning and says, hey, you know, if you get the fourth and one with Chad Henney, just run a little guy out. Just run our guy Tyreek out here and we'll get a first down. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's unbelievable how they, uh, you know, this isn't, this isn't, cricket or something you know this is the nfl where 70 percent of the players are but you know what they should just say just at the beginning of each year just say we're the national football league we don't care because they don't don't but just tell the truth you're 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 still going to be wildly popular people are still going to play fantasy football and watch just send Goodell out to a podium every Jan 1 and say, by the way, we don't give a damn. We're going to screw the players, we're going to screw the coaches, and you're going to watch. Because that's the truth. Yes, yeah, it is. And they just did that, you know, with their negotiation. They got this D. Morris Smith moron to sign a 10-year contract in which all of the perks, all of the, all of the, the advantages in it go to the, go to the owners. You know, it's uh, 
it's uh, I, I don't know. It's uh, unbelievable to me what that that they that the NFL can get away with this right now. Yeah. So Pat, we'll uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. And again, people can find Royce Unchained. Uh, yesterday's episode should be posted. Hey, wait on a second. I got one final thought. I'm going to solve a major problem. From now on, when we are selling cell phones to males in this world, no camera device. <laughs> cell yeah. phones are the greatest thing ever, but men, Don't we, worry. we can't use. Hey, listen, you can you can have the camera device with 75-year-old fat guys, okay? That's not <laughs> okay, thing. we'll give you a camera, but the rest of us aren't getting cameras. Just take right. the damn camera off, yeah. then there's no temptation to take a picture of the privates. Yeah, well, well, it's uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm so I, you know that passing's great, man. He sits on stuff, and uh, I to have a story like that and be willing to sit on it for four years because the in in out of respect to the victim mm-hmm. is uh, pretty amazing to me because I would have had a hard time saving that one, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, unbelievable. By the way, in what fairness, in fairness you? to Jared Porter, Pat, he did say that those weren't pictures of his own crotch that oh, okay. the, they were well, stock photos he found on the internet okay mm-hmm. well you know the ricey plan which is that we fill vats and vats like old breweries vats full of sperm and then we castrate all males at birth that would get rid of that would get rid of so much crime war all that stuff just you know, and then we, you know, if a woman wants to be uh, have babies, she just goes to the bank. Goes to the bar, the the bar with the vats. I know it's a bold action, but it would take uh, it would solve a lot of problems. Yeah, man. Two thousand twenty-four or so. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Maybe Make your I, run, the Roycey plan. I, I'm not that much older than Biden if I if I run in four years. So, you know, the Roycey plan. All right. All right. See you, Pat. See ya. All right. right. That's wrapping with Royce. Seriously, just always take, innovating. Just take the cameras right. off the phones, okay, man. Or just don't be a creep. Well, yeah. I agree with that. Number but one. Far too many men are not proving able to do this. Don't be a creep. And if a woman doesn't respond to your text message, if a woman tells you no, it's not that hard. She's not interested in you. So, dear Porter, hope you never work in baseball again. I hope you're canceled. We're cancel culture. I hope you're canceled. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow for a Write That Down session and uh, speaking of accountability and an accountability session. See you guys. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.